And the key here that I want to point out is here's what will keep you average and stuck and whatever. And it's literally why do 94% of businesses never make million dollars? It's this thinking right here that if you're watching this and you don't actually take action to do something like Ravi writes every morning, we have tools that accomplish a similar goal. If you're just like, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. And then like, I'll remember to remind myself of that when it matters. Yeah. But no, like it, 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 it will not work. I guarantee you <laughs> it will not work if you don't actually do work. OK, it will not work. So you can be entertained by what we're saying or you can do something about it. OK, getting out a pen and writing things is a good start. Welcome to the Ravi Abuvala Show, where we show you how you can build a business that produces cash without you, so you can live the life you deserve. All right, Mr. John, what is the one decision that you've made in your business career that has helped eliminate all other decisions. Wow, this is a dive right into it. I told it. you, I said you got <laughs> Hang on, right ask far. me that question one more time. I was expecting <laughs> some kind of dive. Okay, all right. So uh, start over. We don't, we don't, we don't yeah, make yeah, it holy easy shit. Here, right? What all is right? the one decision? So what is the one decision you've made? Or here, I'll make it easier for you. What is one of the best decisions you've made in your business career that has eliminated most other or all other decisions? Uh, full commitment to getting an outcome. So I, the way I would say it is fully intending to win not like trying to do a thing, but like it's going to happen. Just deciding that the thing's going to happen, whatever it is. Right. And for me, it's, you know, just ultimately having, you know, the business that I want, the income that I want, but it's most people don't fully actually decide or commit to the thing. And did you, was there a point in your life and time in your life where that wasn't the case? Like where you were that person that wasn't fully committed or decided on the thing? Oh, a thousand percent. Um, and without, like doing the super long drawn out version from the time I, so I played golf in college, dropped out to turn pro after I kind of realized that you needed to be in the top 50 in the world to do anything professionally in golf and like actually make any kind of a living. Um, it's kind of like, imagine the only way to be successful as an entrepreneur is to be in the top 50 on the fortune 500. Yeah. Right. Like other than, or you're broke. Right. That's pretty much professional golf. So that kind of parlayed me into like, okay, well, I'm not going to go work for somebody. And then I just started doing all like the random, like selling kitchen knives, doing the MLM shit and like just toiling around for six, seven years and just like trying things and like, oh, go find a mentor and work with them for them. And um, just wild experiences for seven, eight years and just like trying and giving my power to somebody else. Like, hey, guy, show me the way because you're supposed to stand on the shoulders of giants and get mentors. And like that's true. But also it's kind of like it's kind of like a slippery slope where if you give away too much of your power to the person, now you're by definition suppressing yourself and deciding you have less power, therefore getting less results in things that you do and believing in yourself less and so on. So. There was a long ass time where I wasn't fully committed. I thought I was. I was saying the things, doing the affirmations that I was committed. Um, but just that's a smokescreen for most people that I found uh, after, you know, being around this for, I guess, 10 years now. And where and when was there like this catalyst, this epiphany moment where it was like, all right, I need to fucking go all in on this. Usually when I hear this like journey, like something you did what you were doing before, which is not committing. Yeah. Then you had like a low point. Then it was like, all right, I got to change. And then obviously yeah. you made the change. There was actually kind of a couple low points. So first low point for me was after I kind of realized that golf wasn't going to be my jam. Cause that was like my thing your for life like forever. Right. That's um, that really your identity. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I like, it was a super brutal time. Like it was like, you know, close to ending it time wow like, yeah really was it your parents that were also like propagating you should be like what why was so much of your identity tied up in the golf thing um probably stems from as a kid like i school was not a good environment for me like i just didn't do well not like academically like i just i didn't give a shit academically but also just socially like for a number of different reasons i'm sure um i didn't fit in, sure. you know? And so like, I fucking hated school. 
Uh, it was just, I hated going, I hated returning, I hated, like, pretty much most of my life until I was, like, maybe 18. Um, and so I, I guess, gravitated towards golf because, A, I like to do difficult things. <laughs> um, and, B, it's kind of a solo thing where I don't need to really rely on somebody else. Very true. And um, I enjoyed kind of the solitude of just working on my game by myself. Um, and I just enjoyed that. And at the time I had, you know, the PGA tour dream of being the significant, big, awesome, rich professional golfer guy, mm. um, which many, many, many people have. And, um, it, my parents actually, when I dropped out of college, like they were just like, Oh, well, if you're going to go that direction, like we're not like, we can't support that in any way, shape or form. I'm like, Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> cool. But I guess bye. like, fuck you. Like that's where I was at the time. And, um, I went out on my own basically, uh, for two, two, three years. Just like got your own place and like, Oh, I got my own place. So I was able to finagle a, we'll call it a spot, a couple sponsorships, which is really like anybody who's trying to make it to the tour. Um, basically you're just trying to get donations from people to be honest with you, whether it's like a fucking can of tuna or like a few grand. Okay. Um, so we're like, Oh, you were sponsored. Yeah, <laughs> it sure was. And that's kind of like, honestly, what it's like until you're in the top, maybe 200 in the world. Wow. Um, guys living out of cars. I've slept in cars to, you know, to, uh, go to tournaments. Um, that I was is insane. Sleeping. I didn't know any of this about the golf. Oh world. yeah. It's a dude. If you think entrepreneurship's hard, try yeah. to play professional golf. Entrepreneurship is a cakewalk. Really? Oh, it's not. Yeah. It's not even close, dude. It's not even close. You can suck ass as an entrepreneur and make, make a lot of money. Yeah. You know, like me compared to like Jeff Bezos, I suck yeah. terribly. Right. But I'm still making a lot of money, you know? golf it's literally like a shot or two that separates like the guy who wins versus like missing the cut and getting zero check i have like so much more respect now for like dude it's a it's golfers. and that's kind of what like drew me to it is like fuck all of y'all if i can be really good at this and i'll show you how awesome i am like you know there's that secret like i at the time for me like just ego was just like yeah because I, I wasn't a guy who ever got, like, affirmed as a kid. Sure. Everything I did was wrong, no matter how good or bad it was. It was just, like, it was criticized in some way, shape, or form. I'm sure I pulled that into myself, but I'm just saying, like, that was my experience. And so that's what pushed me into golf, I think. I just, like, didn't want to be around anybody, and I wanted to be successful and just basically, like, see all you haters you know like it was like one of those so, but you kind of did so we started the conversation because we were talking about going all in so it sounds like you actually were originally all in on on the golf on golf side of things I, it just wasn't the right vehicle to get you where you were it wasn't go. the right vehicle and i was nowhere near ready mentally to even begin to comprehend what it would have meant to like make it to the pga tour I want to kind of talk a little, because this is something I always talk about, and I think because you've, and I, uh, you know, for those of you that aren't aware, John's a very close friend of mine, and I've known him for a very long time, and so, like, I know your whole story and journey, but when I talk about vehicle, it's something I talk about all the time, yeah. and uh, and you mentioned mindset a second ago, which is something I'm very excited to dive deep. I'm sure we're going to learn an incredible amount from you uh, today, but on the vehicle kind of side, I always talk to people, like, the importance of the right vehicle, right? So, it's like... Take the energy you're, and it obviously depends on what you're optimizing for. But let's say you're optimizing for money and time freedom, location freedom, yeah. whatever you want to do, even uh, infamy, right? And you decide, okay, I'm going to uh, become a golfer pro, uh, pro, I want to be in the top 100, whatever the hell it is, right? The, the amount of work you have to do to get there, to uh, achieve that level versus switching the vehicle and say entrepreneurship the amount of work mm. you have to do to get what would arguably be a lot of the same results what were some of the other vehicles that you like was it once you got out of golf like i know you said you did like the knife thing so you did the multi-level marketing thing yeah. and now obviously you have multiple companies right now you're you're successful in the entrepreneurship vehicle but like what were some of the other vehicles you tried and like was it obvious like now if someone presented you an opportunity let's just say this because i know a lot of people get this all the time and i just so i can like shortcut when people listen to this like 
how do you identify if something is a good vehicle? So the, the golf thing, you tie your whole identity into, and then it obviously didn't work out. You had these other kind of string of events. Like, how do you know now if somebody's presenting you as something like this is a level 10 opportunity and I want to go on? Essentially what mm. you did with the start of this conversation for the companies you have right now. So, okay, that was a loaded question. So right now, how do I identify if somebody brought me an opportunity today or you're asking me along the way, what did I do? Today, but like, you know, looking back and then we can oh, also okay, frame okay. it in essentially the, the opportunities you had. Um, today, well, now I've kind of like, you know, uh, like the the covered wagons, like they have a wheel that finds a rut and finally actually like gets caught in the rut, sure. right? And then it just doesn't really move out of that rut because it's found its nice little niche, right? So I've kind of found at least uh, a combination of skill sets where I'm just like, well, I know what I'm good at and I know what, like, I believe I can be good at, I've been kind of pretty damn good at anything that I've ever tried. Like whether it's basketball, golf, lacrosse, uh, and like I can figure anything out, um, and so that's actually was it was kind of a double edged sword. And now today, I guess I'm more just like, well, I could go off and do a thing, and I know I could probably be successful at it. But it's also uh, like you talk about the um, what is it, the initiation energy or what is it called activation activation energy, energy right? So it's just like well to get that ball rolling versus doing something that's concurrent with what I'm currently doing. Sounds like a lot of work. Why don't I just tweak this thing with what I'm doing sure. and I'll get more out of it. Um, but that has been a result of literally 10 years of punching my head against a wall repeatedly and like just, you know, and getting beat to death. But that was almost <laughs> necessary though, right? Like you, yeah, hundred like, percent. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, now I'm just like, well, how can I kill 48 birds with one stone? Sure. Right. So, which is what leverage is, right? Yeah, 100. percent So, um, you know, in anything that I evaluate, if it's worth doing, I'm just like, well, if I do a thing once, how can I? How can I make it an asset that continues to pay me? Right. So, like for example, we did this uh, little event with Icon uh, where we rented a, you know, a, a nice mansion in Orlando earlier this year. The reason I did that wasn't because I wanted to do a cool ass awesome event and like be a cool guy on camera with a big house and cool shit. It's because we had had in our core program, like of our at the time, maybe 200 some odd enrollments, most of them were like financial education closes. Whereas like people logistically didn't know how to move money to make it a reasonable expense to the business and like what card they didn't even have like separate business accounts like just so half our closes are just like dude just do this set up that move this here and that's a smarter way to do it and they're like oh fuck this is awesome even before they actually enrolled they're like getting a financial education so it got to the point to where it was happening so much that i'm just like i need to have a solution because me and my team are sick of like answering the same question over and sure. over and over and over and over again. So I'm like, I could just record some lessons and just throw it in as a, Oh, you get a little bonus. Or I could make half a million dollars putting on an event, building a back end thing, selling that at the event, having all of the content to go. Now I have this other asset that I can throw in as a bonus. I can, sell as a lower ticket thing. I have all of these, I, I have so many assets as a result of that, that, you know, I could have just been like, Hey guys, on Monday's call, I'm going to do some financial education stuff. Yep. And I like recorded that. I'm like, or <laughs> I can do it, you know, 500 times larger. Um, and then have an asset that when somebody goes, Hey, how do I do the thing? And then I just go there. Exactly. Right? The, link to the, just go the leverage there. is so, I love when you said one, or one stone and 42 birds yeah. it's like it is so even when uh i was talking to jack about when we were shooting the event for the event that you came to scandalous live yeah. i was like i don't even care what happens like uh at the event how many people we um enroll like yeah. i'm like get as much content as humanly possible even if i even if i lost every dollar of this event if we got if we had everybody there that loved it and they were having an amazing time, they're rolling their hand in the air, and then I'm able to use that and leverage yeah. that assets like like and then we've actually now used that same event content for low ticket offers. We yeah. use them for one time offers, we use them for bonuses, we've given them to our highest level program for free. We've also um 
uh, repurpose them for YouTube videos, repurpose yeah. them for reels. So it's like having leverageable opportunities, which I guess arguably speaking as well, if we just kind of tie full circle on this before we move forward, golf is not exactly the most leverageable opportunity, right? It's like it doesn't get much more one-to-one -one It doesn't get less leverage than that, dude. If you miss the fucking putt and you miss the yeah, – like you're, 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 you're done, like, right? So and on that, so we were talking about working hard. Here's the bitch about golf. I don't even, it's like, it's different than I think any other thing to even try to be good at is you can work harder and get actively worse as a result of working harder. Wow. It's like, it's a, it's a total mind fuck, which is why I think like, I don't know. I, I've kind of learned about myself that I like to, like, I see business as a puzzle. I kind of see life as a puzzle. Where it's just like, all the, how do all the pieces fit together in a way to where I get what I want, Ravi gets what he wants, Jack gets what he wants, my wife gets what she wants, everybody, all my clients get what they want, and it all is just like nicely fit together. I kind of have been toying with that as like, a, why am I doing, like, why do I, what do I really get my hands into? And I'm just like, I like figuring out hard shit, I guess, you know, it keeps me entertained. So it might as well make some money, whereas golf is just like figuring out hard shit and you can spend all day practicing and get dramatically worse by the end of the day where like and you can like build a feel into your swing that like totally fucks everything up for a long time. Wow. And then, you know, like you, whereas at least and in golf, you don't get as many you, you is very rare to get an at bat. So like in tournaments that like I was playing in, it's like a one to two thousand dollar entry fee. It's like organized gambling because it's not on TV. Like mini tour shit, it's not on TV. Um, so how do guys get paid? Basically, one hundred and sixty guys pay two grand. Your purse is three hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Winner takes forty grand. Second place is like twenty. Oh, Third place is like seventeen. Um, and there may be like some bullshit local sponsor that like nobody gives a shit about, right? That maybe paid two grand to have their thing, the the whatever the scaling with systems open, you know, like whatever. Sure. Um, so like that's kind of what it is. And so in a golf tournament, like top usually the top 70 depending on the field top 60 or 70 guys make the cut after two rounds so it's a four round tournament if you are not in the top 60 or 70 you get zero dollars and you've donated two thousand dollars and you've covered all of your travel expense your hotel your food your this or that like and you, you buy money and so and if you make the cut just to get your two grand back you got to play your ass off and you're playing against all the other college All-Americans and all the other guys. Like, there's probably ten to 20,000 guys on the planet, maybe 10,000, that you could plop in a PGA Tour event, and they have a chance of winning. And there's only 125 guys on the PGA Tour. Wow. And, okay, so I missed the cut. Well, guess what? To get another at-bat, I have to come up with another two Gs. Guess how many G's I have at the time? <laughs> Fucking none. Negative, negative, <laughs> negative <two>. G's. <laughs> and so, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where, like, at least with entrepreneurship, like, you can always, like, dust off your pants and go door knocking. Yeah. You know, like, you, you have unlimited at-bats, which is it's, it's amazing. You don't have that with golf. You have to play your best at the right time. And it was funny. So a friend of mine that I played with in college, here's how crazy golf is. The dude, he's played in a few PGA Tour events. He was playing in uh, the Michigan Open. Um, and Joe, if you're watching this, you the man. So super stud player. To, to even ever actually play in a PGA Tour event, like you got to be a complete rock star, okay? Um, he's played in a few. Plays in the Michigan Open. I've played in the Michigan Open. It's... Uh, like it's a big tournament in Michigan, but it's not like a PGA tour event. Like winner takes maybe like 20 grand, whereas winner of a PGA tour events like $2 million. <laughs> okay. Um, so this dude goes out, shoots 74 the first day, which for those of you, non golfers, 72 is usually even par. Anything under 72 is under par. You probably want to shoot under par if you want to do anything good in golf. He goes out, shoots 74, two over the first day, shoots 63, shoots, sets wow. the course record the next day. Then on the third day, shoots 73. On the fourth day, shoots 83. Oh, no. That's like volatile as shit. That's like 
you know, crypto in 2022 volatile. Okay. <laughs> it's wild. Uh, how do you go out and shoot 63, 73, 83, same course, pretty much the same conditions, same guy. That's golf. It sucks. Like it's, it's a, it's a lot of it. And I kind of want to segue into bulletproof here yeah, yeah. in a moment. Is a lot of it then mindset? Is that kind of, is it getting into your dude? If I had the answer, I'd fucking tell you like to be right honest. Now. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you, like I have, um, I got a couple buddies on tour. Um, and one of them is, uh, actually Max Homa. He's ranked 19th in the world. Nice. Um, my buddy who is a complete stud, uh, was an all American in college we played with Max, uh, what, a year and a half ago. He played a one-on-one up money match, uh, one-on-one against Max, and fucking beat him a year and a half ago at Max's course. And my buddy's not on tour. Max is 19th in the world. Go fucking figure. Like, it, it, it's just, like, that's how it is. So if I knew the answer to what the hell it was, I would probably be on tour right now and I'm not. So I'm not going to act like I know what it is. Cause I don't like, I, like it's just random. Like you literally just go out. I've had rounds where I don't play for three months. I only play like once a month now. Yeah. I'll go out and play after not touching a club, shoot like 68 or I'll play like five days in a row and shoot high seventies. Why? I, I don't I, know. I think I'd probably go insane <laughs> if I was playing golf in that instance. Like, I need to have some kind of, like... You need to have a game you can win. And also some kind of data feedback that I'm like, this is the... hundred percent. Like, if I had no way of knowing... Like, I mean, you and I, I think, are both very obsessed with data. And if yeah. I had no way to be like, oh, I did this and that's why I did that, I would just... It I sometimes it. is that way. Yeah. And then you're like, ooh, I think I got it. Yeah. I think I finally figured it out. And then you're just like... Pfft. Nope. <laughs> I think that, I think that business sometimes can be like there's a degree of luck involved. There's a degree of outside variables. Like yeah. even marketing sometimes it's like, why is this not working? And everyone's like, I don't fucking know. Uh, or it's <laughs> yeah. like, why is this working? And yeah. everyone's like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. Know, let's just spend more money on it. Yeah. You know. So yeah. I think it does kind of play a little bit into business as well. But um, if it's like that much of a, a toss up, a crapshoot. Well, here's the thing: it, the margin for error is so small. So, like the the best scoring average on the PGA Tour. Not to make this all about golf, but there's so many overlaps. Sure, it's like the same thing. Except golf is so much. We talk about a two millimeter shift. Like you've heard that all over the place. Well, golf is like a point zero 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 two millimeter shift between like number one in the world. So like best scoring average on the PGA tour, somebody can look it up, but look at the top, like 200 guys in the world. Best scoring average is probably like 68.1. Okay. Number a hundred in the world is probably like 69.9. Dude, two shots. Yeah. Two. Right. Like I when in all of the pro tournaments that I played in, I averaged about 72 best in the world. Now, different courses with, you know, thousands of people, whatever. But still 68, 72, four shots. My broke dumbass and number one in the world making hundred million dollars a year with sponsorships and winnings and all the shit. Wow. So I'm just like I got to a point where I was just like. Ah, I, I played it. I remember the moment I played in a tournament. I was like, that was the best I got. I shot six under par, missed the cut, didn't get a check. And I was just like, I don't know how much better I can get. Like, yeah, to be honest like, with I'm you, like, with I don't know if I, I don't know like what to do. And, um, I didn't have like a ton of resources to throw at it. And so I just realized I like, well, I have $0. I didn't even have a bank account at the time well you haven't done bad for yourself since they don't tell you that Anybody no knows, yeah you know, it's been it's been okay which which i i want to segue now into kind of a little bit i i, I know your backstory and we won't go too much into it and the agency and the exit of the agency which is an impressive feat in itself but i want to be able to like give people some really awesome takeaways from this video so yeah. i kind of want to transition a little bit into bulletproof if that's okay with you please yeah will you walk me through and the people that are listening to exactly what bulletproof entrepreneur is like how you will help people um because i've listened to a lot of your stuff online on yeah. instagram and gotten a lot of value out of it myself and your and i's conversations that we've had just one-on-one -on -one. so will you just in like as little words as possible just so people that are listening understand yeah. what is bulletproof how do you help people yeah so ultimately you have the results you have because of how you think. 
And right now, if you're not pleased with where you're at, it's because of how you're thinking. Right. And so, so many people think they need the tangible strategies, tactics system, which that's important. But once you've hit like 10, 15 K a month, you just do that 10 times more and you'll get to a hundred K a month, like really. And so, um, you know, ultimately what we do is we shift people's thinking. And the way we do that is very simple is questions. And as Tony Robbins says, you know, uh, the quality of your life and business is equivalent to the quality of the questions that you ask. And most people, if their business is average, i.e. under probably 100K a month, and 94% of businesses don't ever make a million dollars, right? So that's like, if you're there, you're thinking like an average individual. And so you need to start thinking like a 100K a month millionaire person or more right? Whichever level you want to be at. And so what we do is we have a system that basically asks specific questions, depending on where somebody's at, where their thinking is at to shift their thinking from average thinking to we'll call it millionaire thinking. And it's predictable, systematized, measurable. And on average, our clients have about a 78% increase in income over 90 days, just by changing the way they think. I love also about it because obviously you and I are both marketing and sales guys. I think it's safe to say you and I are both marketing guys, true and true. That is like, safe. Yeah, that yeah, would very be very safe. safe to say. Yeah. And uh, I love that you've been able to um, put a number at the average like of a mindset offer yeah. and to be able to say, you know, on average, I guess 78%. I freaking. And how, how do you find those numbers? Is this like something you just pull surveys. people at the end of the. Yeah. Surveys. And um, the, honestly. So, and this came from quick backstory. Um, I met a gentleman who, after I kind of like flopped around with MLMs and I sold, I lived in six different states. I just moved around like work for the next mentor and hopefully you make a million dollars, whatever. Um, I got introduced to a guy serendipitously who was kind of like a private Yoda guy for um, a handful of deca millionaires, um, a couple billionaires actually. Um, and he's like, Oh, I was sharing with him kind of the bullshit I had been experiencing for honestly my life. And, uh, he's like, I think I might be able to help you. And so he shared with me a few things, um, that I was just like, I got to work with you. Like, I'll do whatever I have to, like, I don't really have any money, but, um, whatever I got to do, like I'll, and it honestly kind of turned into like a Mr. Miyagi karate kid type of a situation <laughs> where I legit like did landscaping at his house. Oh, like, wow. I legit like cleaned off his roof and shit. Okay. And he's not like a super extravagant guy. Like picture Yoda in the swamp and star Wars. Yeah. Like that's this dude. Okay. Like literally like a iron pot type shit. Okay. I'm not kidding. Um, and, uh, but best thing I ever did in my life coming out of that, I went from never making more than like 20 grand a year to, you know, building and selling a multi seven figure agency with 400 clients. And, you know, this on second multi seven figure business now. Um, and so anyway, that process, um, he had a way of kind of measuring things and I was just like, okay, that makes sense. And I also know that once I sold the agency, I was just like, well, I, and that was in 18 months, by the way. So for those of you playing along at home, um, after working with him, I had, you know, I bought Ty Lopez's SMMA fucking thing in 2015. And, um, I was just like, I think I could probably figure this out. And I went, did you get hit by an ad? Is that how you got into Ty Lopez's thing? You know, I probably, I don't remember the best of us did. That's I also bought it too. Yeah. Yeah. And at the time that 497 was like a lot, a lot, dude, (laughs) you know, like I was like, Jesus, I better fucking do this. (laughs) Um, so I did. And, um, I was just like, okay. And I toiled around and did a whole bunch of random stuff for probably eight, nine months and, um, figured out, um, you know, our little niche. And we went from, you know, like nothing to April, 2018 did like $24,000. And then we did like 38, 42, 86, 124. Like it just like kept, kept going, uh, way too fast by the way. Um, but at the time I didn't know any better. I was just like, pour more gas on the fire. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so, uh, when I, and then I exited that, uh, thank God, which we can get into if you want. Um, but I was like, okay, after that, I'm like, what do I, I started to kind of hate that business. 
for a lot of different reasons. Um, but I learned a lot. I was like, okay, what do I want to do with like the rest of my life <laughs> kind of now? Um, and so I was like, you know, I've never shared what I went through uh, that really was the difference that made the difference for me. And so I'm like, how do I put that into a thing that I can also make millions of dollars on, but also like is super helpful for people. And, um, so in, I guess it's almost two years ago now, um, I put together a version of what I went through that, um, is kind of like, relatively speaking, it's kind of the kindergarten version of what I went through, but the results that we have are outrageous to be honest with you. Um, but all we do is we have two ways. We, on our onboarding process, there's a lot of scale of one to 10 questions, right? And along the way, we have um, kind of these tools that as you go through them and you answer these questions that begin to shift your thinking, your perspective, um, there's kind of a number rating system as well. So it's self-governed. I mean, it's pretty arbitrary. I'm putting just like any kind of metric is almost sure. arbitrary. It's you could whatever. So we measure it that way. But then on, um, on our core program, it's, uh, we survey on their onboarding on day 30, day 60 and day 90. And so, and we ask them questions like scale of one to 10, how often do you experience like fear and anxiety, frustration? Um, how would you rate your focus, your energy, your drive, your certainty, your motivation, self-doubt, just like 10, 15 different main major categories. Um, and on average, 82% increase in focus, 47% decrease in fear, 78% increase in income. Um, I don't have the others memorized, but they're pretty solid. And uh, I want to ask you because you mentioned like asking these questions, right? To yeah. kind of shift your focus. So for the people that are listening in right now, you know, what are some of like the kindergarten version? Let's yep. talk about that. Like, what are some of the questions that people should be asking themselves in yeah. order to start shift? Because like, I would say a good majority of people that are listening to this, they're anywhere from like, you know, five to a hundred grand a month yeah. already. And so, which is a big band of income, obviously. But what are some of the questions they need to ask themselves? Because everyone wants to get, you know, the infamous yeah. million dollar month, right? And yeah. so I'm curious, like, what are some of the beginning questions you people should be asking themselves? So I'll give a bit of a preframe to that because it's not just like this question. Whoa. Sure. <laughs> Didn't think to ask that. And then you we'll know. just end the podcast. Yeah, right yeah. There. Then we'll just end the podcast and everybody gets rich. Um, that'd be awesome. Charge a lot for that. <laughs> um, no, that, that single question... Uh, if it exists, I haven't found it yet. Um, but so what is it that causes our thinking? Like, what is it that causes average thinking? And um, it's essentially in our minds, we have all of our past experiences, right? Whether we're conscious of them or unconscious of them, they're fucking there and they follow us around. And so let's say you bought a bunch of programs and they didn't work for you. Well, the next guy that you get on the phone with that's trying to sell you a fucking program, you're going to be like, nothing works for me. You know, like that's part of that is going to show up, right? Whether you like it or not, okay? Unless you understand it and you've basically gotten rid of the, we'll call it emotional charge connected with those bad past experiences, right? And so essentially one truth that you need to understand is that everything and by the way it's not i'm saying this is true and you need to believe it just take what i'm saying if it's true for you awesome sauce if it's not awesome sauce um so one of the principles that um is important to even if it's not quote true if you believe it's true it really helps and that is that everything's balanced there's no such thing as good or bad things just are and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Until it comes time to actually <laughs> put, put, put it, into it into practice. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, so, uh, no, that sucks. Oh, shit, that's one of those things. You know, it's like it's you understand it in theory until you actually begin to kind of do a self-audit and realize how much you're evaluating things on the, if this is the middle line, the positive side or the negative side, Yeah. right? And so when you have um, like average thinkers are all over the fucking place, right? And if you turn this on its side and you had an emotional volatility scale, most people are like this, like, oh boy, Bitcoin's only going up. Oh no, I lost everything. You know, it's just like, this vol that's 
broke average thinking, right? And there's varying degrees of that. So like if you're stuck at 50, 70, even 100K a month, there's probably some volatility there in thinking of evaluating of like, oh, fuck this team member, right? Yeah. Or something like that, right? And so once you start to actually begin to think in terms of, okay, what are, knowing that everything is balanced, but it is called the principle of polarity, is everything has poles and both sides are equal. By definition, everything in the universe is balanced. So for you to have a perspective that something is bad or something is only good, it's not true. And that untruth is actually what's making you upset, is you know that you're basically adhering to a lie and that fundamentally is what upsets you as a being wow so okay i know i went a little i'm gonna bring it back down here for a second now so bottom line is anything that's kind of currently bothering you if you honestly just took out a piece of paper and you started writing like what is something that sucks right now write that down cool write down all the things that suck about it and then write down the exact opposite what are the things that are good about this right they're there you just got to look for them and you actually have to do the conscious work I mean, nothing how could it possibly be good that my dog died you know like yeah it seems like it sucks but what about the new appreciation that you have for the dog what about the new perspective that you have that you can bring empathy or sympathy to somebody's situation that they experienced a passing and now you can share that story with them and build more of a rapport to help them in a tough time right like you they're there sure right so uh if there was a question, right, it, on something that sucks is what are, list a hundred things that are good about this. I think that um, I'm so happy that you said that as the first one on here because it's insane how powerful what you're talking about is. For the past two years, so uh, we're sitting, for those that are listening in my podcast room, this is also like where I meditate and where I journal every single morning. I just come in here, it's all quiet and and blackout and uh, underneath this chair is my journal and for two years i've written every single day things are neither good nor bad but thinking makes them so mm -hmm. right which is shakespeare right and it i literally always remind myself that in all and i'm i've gone through even right now i'm dealing with a bunch of stuff um on my personal side and it's just like i i've never even thought about the sitting down and writing out the hundred good things about it but even just the fact for people listening right now it i will very conservatively say it has changed my life, right? Like it's just, you have to just view things so unbiased, so detached, yeah. I think is a great way to put it. And I even had this great conversation to one of my team members two days ago. And he was saying like, this is what we need to do. This is it. This is the solution. This is what, like, this will change everything. This will be great. Yeah. So it goes both ways, right? It does. And I was like, hey, man, I love your enthusiasm. I love your excitement. And I, I hope that this does work out. But also, by the way, we said this about this other thing a few weeks ago when it yeah. didn't work out. And also, like, I think true leaders have low emotional volatility. All the words that you were saying just a moment ago. I was saying yeah. that I think that true leaders are able to, like, if something is amazing, like, great. But that's not, like, they're not going to make – because as a leader, that's what you're doing. You're leading other people. So if you tell everybody, drop what you're doing, this is going to transform, and then it doesn't, right, you you, you lose trust. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole here, but the the – fact of things are neither good nor bad thinking makes them so literally anything could happen to you and anything could happen to you inside your life and like you're just almost forced to be like okay so yeah what's the next thing yeah and the key here that i want to point out is here's what will keep you average and stuck and whatever and it's literally why do 94 percent of businesses never make million dollars it's this thinking right here that if you're watching this and you don't actually take action to do something like Ravi writes every morning, we have tools that accomplish a similar goal. If you're just like, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. And then like, I'll remember to remind myself of that when it matters. Yeah. But no, like it, 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 it will not work. I guarantee you <laughs> it will not work if you don't actually do work. OK, it will not work. So you can be entertained by what we're saying or you can do something about it, okay? Getting out a pen and writing things is a good start. So, like, that's where most people, in anything, honestly, but that is, I did that four days a week for two and a half years working with the dude that I worked with 
was doing, I'll say similar things to that, among others, but similar things to that for two and a half fucking years. Yeah. Right? And I know Hormozy just posted a reel where he did something similar for nine months, five days a week, worked with a dude, similar thing. He called him a focus coach. He, you know, asked me questions about a thing, and we basically just cleared out all the bullshit in my mind. Because you're not ever done. It's not like you're going to hit no. this point and like, it's not like even me. I've written it down for two I know, because I've done this before. Yeah. I'll stop doing it. I went to Greece recently, right? Yeah. And I ended up not journaling in the mornings there for a dozen different reasons. I won't make excuses. And uh, I could feel me being more emotionally charged on certain yeah. situations. Because my brain, like, it, you're almost fighting against... Think about it this way. Like, average person listening to this is probably somewhere between 20 and 30. We have been probably programmed for the first 20 to 30 years of our life for the exact fucking opposite of what we're talking about. 100%. So if you think that just thinking you're going to change right. or a year of it or two, I mean, it's literally like we're battling against yeah. our entire, our subconscious mind. Yeah. And like, I have to, which is something I've learned so much more about is a subconscious mind. I've been listening a lot to Dr. Joe Dispenza mm -hmm. recently, which I love. And, um, and just being so much more aware of like, dude, this is not just this like one and done. You're going to get the end. And I think what you said earlier was also huge, which is, Everything sounds all great and dandy until you actually have some real fucked up shit happen to yeah. you. And then it's like, now are you going to practice this yeah. little thing that we talked about? It's kind of like the mental version of, uh, is it Warren Buffett or Charlie Munger that, you know, when the tide goes out, you find out and who's Warren swimming Buffett, naked. Who's swimming right? naked. Yeah. Yeah, that's Warren it's Buffett. the mental version of that. <laughs> yeah. and, and the unfortunate part is, you know, 95% of the people that are listening to this will be like, hey... That co that was fire, and they'll say that in the comment, but they won't do anything about it. And like, I appreciate the comment. I'm sure Ravi appreciates the comment, but like, what I would appreciate more is if you like posted a picture of you writing down a thing that you think is fucked up and a hundred things that are great about it, and going, "Wow, that actually was helpful." In the co you know, and you did something. Walk, about walk it. us through like one or two, because I'm curious for myself, right? Like, what are so I, you know I've been writing this down and it's transformed my life. Is there anything else like I should be doing around that that you like you recommend based on your experience? I mean, I could just sign you up for my program. What's card do you <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man! You don't ask a well, you don't, don't ask a sales guy a question <laughs> like that. <laughs> we don't have to get into all the good sauce, but I got to give them something. Um, here. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And um, I know I have some free shit on this too. I'll make sure the to have a link. For yeah, you we'll put it in the we can put it in the show notes yeah, as well. Because I do have a I do have an actual demo of uh, clearing a fear um, that's uh, actually pretty comprehensive. But basically. What you do is you take, all right, what's the thing that I'm afraid is going to happen right now, right? Um, so let's take, for example, a very easy one is going broke for a lot of people, right? They're afraid to go broke. Then what's the definition of that fear? Well, zero dollars in bank account, right? So we're now getting clear because as a side note, your mind, when it thinks in generalities, is when things get all fucky. But when you get specific on something, all the cloud seems to go away. You'll notice when people are angry, they go, you always say that, or you never do that. Like, really? I always say that? I'm literally never not saying that? Like, obviously that's untrue. So when somebody's upset or emotionally volatile in some way, shape, or afraid or doubtful or depressed or any of those, they're thinking in this buzzing generality of mush. OK, so when you start getting clear and defining things, that's when you start to go, oh, OK, zero dollars in bank account. I'm a little bit clearer, like it's less of a big, scary monster and it's just a zero now. Right. OK, cool. Well, what would be 10 benefits of having zero dollars in the bank account? Right. So it'd be like, there's none. It'd be terrible. Well, maybe or actually take a second and think i could think thinking. right well go ahead uh first of all less responsibility okay most people don't realize that when you start earning a lot of money you have family members team members you got expectations from what you've created out there i think that would be like there you go yeah right? uh, another thing is totally transform who your identity is you yeah. always get to restart who you are. There's yeah, there's only one place to go, and that's up. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe you find out who your real friends are. Uh, that's another great right. One. Yeah. And so then you can take well, I can only think of three. All right, well, what are the benefits of finding out who your real friends are? Nice. And you can go secondary and tertiary benefits of each one of those, and you'll find yourself like I've we've got like to really clear this shit. Like don't stop at fucking three or ten. Like yeah. keep going like a hundred, two hundred. Okay. 
And then what would be the drawbacks of having, what's the opposite of having $0 in the bank account? Unlimited money. Unlimited money, just like the Fed, right? Just unlimited <laughs> money, okay? Well, what would be the drawbacks of that? You started listing a few, right? You probably have security issues. You'd probably have everyone coming out of the woodwork to just magically your friend. You probably would be have a tough time to find out like who your real friends are. You'd probably like get depressed because you wouldn't have anywhere else to grow, at least monetarily, if you were only focused on that. And you'd have a new set of channel, you know, like all this shit, right? There are drawbacks to having unlimited money where most people you just be like, that'd be awesome and only good, <laughs> right? Um, and so you start to bring yourself down and you're starting to neutralize like, oh, the zero dollars in the bank account thing was terrible. This unlimited money thing was awesome. They're actually neither one is good or bad. They're both just situations. Things. They're just both things. Huge. That's right? awesome. Um, and so those are basics. And then it's like, well, why can I be grateful that I had this fear? What are five reasons I can be grateful that I had this fear? Right? Well, maybe it allowed me to think through it differently. And now I have a bit of a tool to use in the future when I'm feeling some type of way, right? Maybe it allowed me to actually see the reality for what is and actually take a second and be present, right? Whatever it is, right? Um, and so like that, that's like a very kindergarten like demo version sure right and so here but here's the here's the challenge the challenge is many people think it's one thing like oh if i only got rid of my fear of pickles i'd be successful right whatever it is the problem is there's your mind is like a, i use the analogy of like a tangled old ball of yarn okay so imagine there's like 300 strings in this thing and it's like been sitting up in your grandma's attic. It's like her old sewing kit. And it's just like this gross, dusty thing with like spiders and shit in it, right? And all these strings are inter intertwined with each other. Most people think that, have you ever done something like in, or maybe Jack, have you ever done something where like you go to address, they do this a lot in like basic personal development seminars. You're like, I'm going to bust through this one fear and everything's going to change. Have you ever at least heard of that maybe, happening? Yeah, yeah, sure. Right. So you'll, or have you ever gone through some sort of a transformative thing where like you felt better for maybe a day or two or three or even a week. And then it just kind of like dissipated and like your life continued and maybe it came back in some way. Yeah. Right? That's very common. And so, and happened to me because i've been to all the fucking seminars over the years because i was needed it broken <laughs> um i was broken <laughs> um and so if you address just one thing and the mind is this big tangled ball of yarn you take out one string and you're like oh cool i feel better about my fear of pickles wow that's amazing and super awesomely transformative the problem is is it's connected to like three four five hundred other things that you're not thinking about consciously okay and the way the the way that at least i've learned that the mind works is anything can kind of trigger anything so it doesn't have to be i see a pickle and i get afraid i'm using it as a stupid example but i could see that green plant that looks like a pickle and then green equals pickle equals plant equals afraid equals now i see ravi in the same frame so now i am associating subconsciously associating fear with ravi black shirts neon signs gray walls microphones right lights all of it gets looped in and that's how your mind over time it's constantly recording what's happening all five senses it's constantly recording it and it's associating and tangling up all of these associations, colors, smells, sights, says, sounds, everything. Okay. So you go and handle one thing. Great. There, if you actually want to go in and pull it out by the root though, you got to understand what all of those strings are, if you will, and untangle each one, one by one. And have you ever tried to untangle like a big, like extension cord fucking yeah, thing, it's right? It's a pain in the ass until you get to like the last few and then it just kind of breaks up pretty easy. And once it's broken up, as long as you don't like deliberately go again, it stays untangled. And so what I went through for two and a half years, I had a big ball of yarn, is you went through one by one and untangled each fucking thing in a very specific process. 
pretty different than what I shared with the demo, but the idea is the same, okay? Um, and the cool thing is, is once it's untangled, actually untangled, it stays fucking untangled, okay? The problem is, is most people stop halfway through and they think they've got it all, okay? How do you know, how do you know when you have it all? Um, so we, so what I went through is, that's a good question. What I went through is basically, first thing the dude that I worked with, my Yoda guy, there was a whole like week long process of taking an inventory. I thought it was like a couple things. It, it a fucking binder. Like it was just like, there's so much that when you ask again, you ask the right questions, things pop out of nowhere. Like, oh shit, I never thought of that. Right? Oh, well that opened this Pandora's box of shit. And that opened this Pandora's box of shit. And you're like, oh my God, I'm fucked up. <laughs> you know, like, so uh, what we do is a similar process um, in our onboarding process is we take a pretty damn sizable inventory of asking questions on our onboarding process. And we have a process of kind of organizing them into categories and each item, let's say, so fear of pickles, um, doubt as to whether or not I can make 50 grand a month, uh, resentment of Jack, you know, whatever it is, right? Um, they all we, go we into... We love you, Jack. We love you, Jack. Yeah, don't worry. Um, they all go into categories because the way the anatomy of a resentment is different than the anatomy of self-doubt or a fear or a depression or a grief and loss or an anger or frustration. Um, and so they all go into categories and, you know, people come to us and they're just like, oh yeah, I kind of, I think I have maybe a focus issue or I'm like, I'm thinking too much about this, that, and the other, I'm overwhelmed or whatever. And, um, by the time they actually go through the, our onboarding process and they have our, our kickoff call with our head coach and they see this inventory of shit that we put together based on their onboarding forms, uh, they're just like, fuck, I didn't realize there was that much shit, but there it is. Like, I, there it is. Are most people coming to you for, uh, in like, to grow their income? Is that, like, the they're like, hey, this is preventing... Whether, you know, obviously that's what they subconsciously want. Is this, like, they're consciously being like, hey, I want to make more money. That's why I'm coming to you? Usually. Got it. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's more of the problem that they're aware of. Sure. Right? So, um, that's what, you know, I was warned by everybody can't sell me make money selling a mindset program you know like like yeah i don't know seems like a cool puzzle to figure out yeah you know i'm pretty sure i can figure it that out that was the first thing i said was the marketing i like the the line you said the meeting about like whatever 75 78 i think that was yeah like, that's awesome well i right knew there. um like i had to tie it to income sure. somehow especially the market i think you serve primarily business owners so yeah it's like yeah you had to somehow tie that in there. yeah 100 percent. so um and we're still refining it after you know multiple millions of dollars in two years like we're still refining how we're explaining it because it's taking a lot of kind of esoteric disjointed concepts and making it into a tangible thing that isn't like oh this is some woo woo bullshit you know like so it's it's been a fun challenge i think that and that's you know if we can even take a, a quick transition here yeah. because i'd love to talk like some marketing with you because you and i both geek out 100%, on this stuff. so like i think that even if i can just make an observation even the first time you launched this and you and i talked about it when you explained it to me then based on how you just explained it to me here miles different thank god this is uh, much <laughs> like much more clear and direct and yeah. like uh, so that has uh, been really really incredible to see kind of that journey so like when you are um yeah I, let's make this a full we'll talk about golf we'll talk about mindset and let's talk about some marketing and sales, I love right it. so um on the actual marketing kind of side of things what were some of the first challenges when you're coming because i'm sure a lot of people are trying to make offers that aren't exactly like maybe what we do at scaling systems which is like directly impact the bottom yeah. line like so what were some of those first challenges and how did you immediately hurdle over those in order mm. to start you know building a seven figure business doing this so one of the things that when i was doing the whole kind of like if i had continued the same direction i was going uh, you and i would be direct competitors sure right so um you obviously more handsome than me but yeah sure i don't know i don't know it's it's really close <laughs> Vote in the comments to see who's more handsome. All right. Um, so I, but one of the things that I learned as I was teaching, uh, remember the whole uh, sell somebody steak or salmon at the restaurant analogy that I had in, it was like sell people what they want basically, sure. right? 
So you don't go to, has you ever seen a waiter with a no sale? No. Why? Because they ask you, what do you want? Right? They survey you. What do you want? They write it down. They go to the kitchen. They say, he wants salmon. Right? Imagine if the waiter came up to you and said, you need to get the steak. The steak's amazing. And you came there for salmon. They're like, no, 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 no. You need to get the steak. You're like, fuck this guy. I'll like, tell you, this literally happened to us when we were in Greece. Oh, okay. that's how That's how they treat you in Greece. They don't give a fuck about what you want. They tell you well, what to Well, that's get. why their economy's fucked. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is why they went through bankruptcy. Sorry if you're from Greece and you yeah, listen to this sorry, part. It's just the truth. You know, Look, remember, things are neither good nor bad, all right? So. <laughs> make, make sales in Greece great again. Yeah. Um, so... Basically, one of the things that I knew to be true is surveys are the key to stats. So if you want to have up stats, you got to survey and find out what people want. And so I had, you know, sent out a survey initially for this whole thing of like, um, I was going to go honestly, like super broad, like an everyone offer, which I immediately like found out that that was the worst idea. idea in the history of bad ideas. Um. But in in doing that, I did get I asked basically basic survey anybody can ask is like, well, if you could change one thing about your fill in the blank, what would you change? Or what is your biggest challenge with fill in the blank? Or what is your biggest goal with fill in the blank? Um, and just use their words and repeat them back to them in your marketing. So our initial um, thing was basically like, when I, I think, I think the initial survey I did was like, if you could change one thing about your mindset, what would you change? Something like that. When and it, is this like to an audience? Like this isn't this is like my list. Okay. This is just people that knew who you were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I like, cause I took probably eight months, almost a year from the time I sold my agency to like, I didn't do anything for like three months. Then I just was like, okay, I'm going to start messing around with what what do I want to do? And then I was like, how do I then make this into a big business and not completely waste my time? And so I just started surveying and I was surveying around the person rather than like a business result. Cause I started like, I'm just going to like do a mindset program for the public. Um, which actually I, when I launched that, even at the low ticket that I launched, it did like 50 grand in a couple days on a launch at like $500 a thing, you know, like it was going to be a course. Cause I, at the time I was super jaded from all the people that I was sick of dealing with from the agency. And I was just like, I don't want to talk to people ever again. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, but anyway, the initial survey, uh, is key. Um, it's how I don't know how you'd create an offer without surveying. Like, I just don't know how you would do it. So let's say someone listening to this right now, they don't have, and I agree with you. That's actually a lot of the ways that we're, we launch offers. We help yeah. clients do it. Um, I talk about how I think we should do it, but I'm curious, what if you, you obviously have had an incredible successful business yeah. previously, you have a great con, you have great content, you have a great following. What about somebody that doesn't have a list and they're trying to like, how do they search? Let's say their list of people that know. Oh, that's, five a, people. that's even better. So it's actually much better to act, it, it gives you an excuse to have conversations with human beings, right? Survey manually. Like you ever get a random cold call for somebody like, hey, do you have five minutes for a survey and get a $5 Amazon gift? And no, I sure fucking don't. <laughs> but some people will actually give you answers. And those people, if they have a problem that you can solve, become immediate prospects. Exactly. Right? And it's actually a fantastic cold outreach strategy. Yeah. Like, it's just like, hey, let me interview you. Yeah. Hey, uh, so like we honestly, like my setters book calls from like my new Instagram followers. So follow me on Instagram and get set using this strategy. <laughs> um, is basically, hey, saw you just started following me. Um, I want to make sure that my content's super baller for you. So in order to do that, is it okay if I ask you a few questions so I make some relevant shit for you? Nice. And they're like, yeah, duh. And then so you ask, you ask them questions. So if you we start with, um, and we're starting to transition from like V1 of Bulletproof Entrepreneur, which was more like get rid of fear, increase your focus, and double your business. That's great. But most of the people who are who would raise their hand in a sea of people that said, yeah, I have a fear problem is not people that are making 50, 80 grand a month. They might. But probably not. Which is your target market. Right. I mean, so anybody. So here's our, our target market is anybody doing at least 10 grand a month. Because if you've done 10 grand a month, you at least have gotten a few clients and you have something that works. Now you just got to duplicate the fucking thing. And most people just have a tough time doing the things they know they should be doing consistently. Period. Full stop. Because of a plethora of reasons. 
But if we can get rid of all those reasons and distractions, they just start doing the shit day in and day out, and their business virtually doubles with the same shit they already have access to. Right? Like it's not rocket science, okay? Now, if you're under like 10 grand a month, you probably don't know enough tactically to really, you know, have, be have an enormous impact. But we still have people that are just like, you know, I need to do that. And I agree with you. <laughs> you do. <laughs> um, however, and so that's why I actually give my old business growth for entrepreneurs program included as a bonus because nice. it's literally soup to nuts from, hi, I don't have a business to literally scaling with all the shit that <laughs> you originally, uh, you know, got from me. Um, it's all there. And it's still relevant and it still works. And we just give that as a, as a bonus inside as a bonus, like, cause what else am I going to do with it? I don't want to sell it. I don't want to be the, I don't want to have that real estate in people's minds. I don't, I'm not, I'm done with that game, you know? Um, so anyway, surveys is the biggest thing. And then you just find Keith Cunningham, one of my mentors, the rich dad from rich dad, poor dad, very simple business formula, find out what they want, go out and get it, give it to them. Most people just try to go give it to them without finding out what they want or going out and get it. So it's honestly not hard at all. Like sure. you, you just, you just, hi, what do you need? This thing. Great. Here's this thing. It'll be that much. Excellent. Do that a lot and, and you will and, have a business. And what was one of the uh, kind of bigger challenges, either even on the operation side, client success side that you did experience, like once you started seeing scale, maybe something you didn't even experience, because I know you said the agency kind of took off, but also there's a lot of issues because you grew yeah. probably faster than you should have. So like, what is one of the biggest uh, problems that you guys have experienced and maybe even- With Bulletproof? Yep. Um, to be honest with you, it's been, it's been like, what you would draw up as an ideal situation. Like un we've had out of I think 310 some odd clients, we've had like, I think one, we've had one refund request and that was reversed and flipped. We had one chargeback that was also reversed and flipped. The dude called his bank, reversed the chargeback, which actually they followed through with it then decided they wanted to pay in full after going through and just just do one of these things and if it still sucks ass we'll just refund you and he goes and does this thing posts in our facebook group there's this huge long holy shit type of a message and like honestly our fulfillment is like wow like it, it, so thank god and we do have a built-in like if you're upset, we have a tool for that. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say that's a nice thing about what you do. It's oh like, yeah, it's actually not me you're upset at. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, and I don't even know that we've ever had to um, use that, but it's there because uh, you're there to essentially free your mind in so many ways, right? And uh, I don't have my free your mind shirt on, but we have shirts that say free your mind. That's where you know. Um, and so that's what you're there to do. So if you are like, you guys suck, well, now you're just continually putting yourself in the position that you joined to not be in. And how is that thinking going to help you at all? Like making us the cause of your problem. Mm -hmm. So the whole ultimate realization is you caused everything. Mm -hmm. And so on anything, you're either cause or effect. And so if you're, yeah, you're being effect, right? And you joined to be cause, so go through the thing and flip yourself from cause or from effect to cause. And as long as you're just cause over as many aspects of your life as you possibly can have, you know, I'd rather be pushing on this than having this be pushing on me. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're the one just slightly pushing outward and impinging on the universe, things tend to go pretty well. If the universe is pushing in on you and your effect, things probably won't go so well. So our fulfillment, like, uh, has been ridiculously good. The, one of the biggest challenges that I think we're getting closer to remedying is how, like you said, we explain what we do, um, especially now that we're kind of like, I'm trying to move away from, like, the whole Facebook group thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the things that I, I've, we've actually, we had a zero guarantees, all sales are final 
thing for the first 290 clients, okay? And at your event, um, you reminded me of a thing that has been kind of, I, I still have, you know, the my memories of our uh, uh, agency guarantee, you know, right? And that, you know, that story with the merchant processing <laughs> thing and all that jazz. Um, so I'm just like, yeah, I'm never doing guarantees again. again. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, and I rethought it actually after your event, I was just like, okay, well, what, try it, you know, like I'm not in a position where a refund is going to make any difference in my life. So why not try a cold friendly offer and just like make it just absurd. Um, and so we, uh, <laughs> we're testing that and it's actually going quite well it's just now converting cold traffic on it we really have to shorten the process of them understanding what the fuck it actually is that you guys right do. um which way to i think I'm, i'll send you my i literally filmed a new vsl this morning gonna edit it saturday and it's gonna be our new pre-call video I think it's the, it, I know it's the best we've got so far. It might not be perfect, but it does a really good job um, of like where our prior shit was just like, it was very esoteric. Like it was just like too much. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's made millions of dollars. So I'm not like upset about it. But I know it's like, eh, I, I've been running minimum viable product marketing since I launched the fucking thing. Yeah. You know? And I'm um, like, all right, it's about time for a revamp after a year and a half. You know, um, I just I did well with this offer right out of the gate. Just a word of mouth. People are like, dude, you need to go through this. Um, and B, just like it has a built in. Pissed off customer mechanism where like you kind of by definition can't be pissed off yeah. in our program you know what i mean um so it goes against the it's the antithesis of the identity that you assume uh when you join our program i think uh one thing that i even realized recently as well is like dude we got to be creating more creatives and more vsls mm. you know what i mean like it's like i was listening to a podcast by guys done a few hundred million in vsls and it's just like we need to be making more yeah Creatives, and then I looked at uh, a company I know in the online space doing ten million. Did ten million last month. Last fourteen days, they uploaded thirty-five new YouTube ads, and I'm just like, shit. You know, I'll <laughs> upload like yeah. four new ads, ten new ads every thirty days. But anyway, I think that we have to gas it. But look, uh, you absolutely skirted death coming over here flying in a <laughs> single prop plane i'm gonna skirt death on the way home i know it's gonna be a little bit death. i gotta get yeah. you out of here before the uh the storm comes back in john it's been an absolute pleasure you having you in here man you are incredible i've learned a lot from you over the past few years i continue to learn a lot from you so i appreciate you making the trip down here uh people are listening right now whether they want to work with bulletproof whether they just want to get to know you a little bit better can you just tell people like where they can go and where they can yeah, find yeah so right now just go to bulletproofentrepreneur.co we got a bunch of free shit a bunch of podcasts i'll probably embed this one once we get it um i have a free book uh that you can read more about and then oh there's a free course that's associated with the free book when you scan the qr code in front so bulletproofentrepreneur.co and at bulletproof i think it's dot john i think that's my handle bulletproof dot john on instagram awesome appreciate you guys tuning in and i'll see you guys in the next episode hey. What is one decision that you've made, either in your personal or business life, that has helped eliminate almost all other decisions? That's a, that's a nice question. <laughs> Shit. Um, <laughs> I would say the, the number one decision was understanding the priorities of the things that I value most in my life.